Hello and welcome to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I just want to thank you for tuning in today to catch another edition of Story You. We are all about the stories you live by and the stories you are writing and creating and sharing with the world. I am a life coach. I was certified by Alan Cohen in Hawaii a couple of times in his main program and then in his advanced program. And I was also an associate professor of literature and writing for about 20 years. And somewhere along the line, I decided to do a little combination where my love for story And my love for how we really create the next chapters of our lives, how might we bring all that together? For some people, what that looks like is help with their manuscripts. Maybe they're writing a book or a blog or a speech. And for many others, well over half of the people I work with, it's because they want to take some sort of leap in their life. They really want to be the creators of their life story. And I can tell you that when you go through a spiritual life coaching program, you find out that whether you're awake or whether you're kind of asleep in life, you are the one creating it. So it behooves you to wake up and to learn how to be that creator. Regardless if we work on life stories or your memoir stories or your written stories, what I find is that many, many people do a lot of start and stopping and restarting. And what I want to say today is that's okay. There really is no linear line that you are supposed to find. You don't, you don't need to follow some linear plan to writing a speech. One of the beautiful things about being a writer is that you're allowed to draft. Yeah. I once heard a student tell me, in fact, many students said to me, well, isn't the draft the one you throw away? Isn't that the one you do when you're sleepy and tired or hungover? (laughs) And well, it might be for some, but a draft is really just your first go at it or your second or your third. It's you deciding to put ideas down and then later deciding which ones will stick and make it through the final edit. Drafting is good. You want to be proficient at drafting. If you can't allow yourself to be in process, to be someone who drafts, then my topic today is really going to help you because we're talking a lot about second chances. So many times we start something and we don't know how to keep going with it because we're thinking there's a straight line pattern that we don't know anything about. But actually, it's just that we've never done it before and we don't know how. 
And if you can throw up your controlling hands to that and allow yourself to be in the drafting process and try again, my friends, it doesn't matter what your personality type is. It doesn't matter where you grew up. It doesn't matter what level of education you have. If you can give yourself a second chance, likely that goal that you have your eye on or that dream that you want to manifest, it will come. But if you're only willing to give yourself one shot at something, wow, I don't even think what I have to share with you is going to help. You really, really, really need to join the game where second chances are natural. Second chances are normal. Second chances, third chances, on and on and on. That's what we all need if we're really going to grow and become what we say we want to be. If we're really going to create that next chapter of our life if we're really going to finish that manuscript, we have to give ourselves one chance upon another, second, third, fourth, fifth. I honestly, in a certain way, I think that we give ourselves a first chance and then all the other that follow are second chances. In other words, it doesn't really matter how many second chances you give yourself if you're doing it to stay in the game of growth and to move yourself further and further along that path that you really want to be on, that creative path, you're right where you belong. Exactly right where you belong. So let's talk a little bit about second chances, how it lines up with our personality types and what we might do so we can build our momentum again and maybe pick up that project that maybe we had to quit it because we were just a little perfectionistic about it. Or maybe we just found ourselves in a very bohemian chapter of our life and we just couldn't be bothered by the technicalities of our project. Or maybe we found that even though we had a project we wanted to do, we were feeling very, very, very loyal to things like maybe family systems, so loyal that we couldn't even find 15 minutes a day for our project, and we had to let it slide. And all these other types of character, types of personality that keeps us from really sticking with something and warrants the need for a second chance, for another draft, for another chance to really engage because for very good reason, that first, second or previous third time, it just didn't stick. And we got to cut ourselves slack and realize that's all right. I was uh, watching a show and it was about being an entrepreneur and especially about being a new entrepreneur, meaning you've only been at it for 10 years <laughs> or less. And 
the speaker on the show, I believe his name was James Wedmore. The speaker was sharing that 94% of businesses in their first five years collapse. So if you're if you're good at math, you know that leaves 6%. And out of that 6%, there's something like a 50-50 chance that the, the company or the solopreneur will just grab themselves by the bootstraps and really, truly commit somewhere in that 50-50 range. And then somewhere after that, about one and a half percent of businesses make it. Wow. When when I heard that, I just thought, well, let's turn off the TV and let's. Uh... In fact, I think it was YouTube TV. Did you know you could get YouTube TV on your computer? Side note, it's very cool. But uh, honestly, when I heard that after several years, you can anticipate that about 1.5% of businesses will go on with commitment beyond the five-year point, I had to really ask myself, so who am I? And how deeply am I committed? And when I feel myself having those urges to go on long holiday <laughs> or to medicate with you know, a, a month's supply of brownies or something along those lines, I have to remind myself that I wasn't supposed to get it right the first time or the second or the third. And that in many, many situations, we have to go at something several times. I was talking to my community of writers this last Friday about my memory of learning to ride a bike and how I was just doggedly determined to learn to ride this bike. There were no training wheels. And it was a, a situation where I picked up the bike in the morning and I endured falling off of it. I don't know how many times, you know, grass stains, mud stains, scrapes, everything, because I was going to learn how to ride that bike. Now, what if going into it, I thought, falling off the bike is failure. Well, then that would have been over really quickly. Let me tell you, because I fell off that thing all day long. But at the end of the day, or maybe it was the middle of the day, I was riding that thing. And I was the most proud girl on the planet, four and a half years old, riding a bike. And I remember telling my mother while I stood there, with grass stains and mud and scrapes. And this was one of the first times I didn't get in trouble for being dirty because I had done something really, really creative. I had stuck to it. Now, that might sound like my mother was heavy handed and she certainly was not at all. But you know how it is. Sometimes you present yourself in front of your mother. And what does she see? Grass stains. And what do you want to tell her? 
I am the proud, accomplished girl who can now ride a bicycle. You know, it's it's those those dualities that get us in trouble. But who would I have been if I wasn't willing to fall off that bike? And who are you if you're not willing to set that draft aside and give it a second chance later on? Who are you if you let yourself be completely kicked out of ever submitting an article to a magazine again because that first one was turned down? Some time ago, my my late husband, he was a poet, a very, very good, good poet. And he picked 25 poems he wanted to send out to literary magazines. This was in the fall of 2020. And we looked at which magazines and which poems and matched them all up. And the cover letter he sent out was so minimal. It told the publisher next to nothing about him. And I, I kind of said gently, you know, I think, I think you want to offer them a full page. Better to offer them a full page about you than two or three sentences. And they're left with some desire to want more, but instead they just put your stuff in the junker. You know, what do you say we tell them more? Well, he didn't like my idea. And out of those 25 poems, one was picked up, one. And to him, this was a failure. To me, it was his first shot out sending out 25 poems. I'm not saying that my ideas and advice was the best, but this is what I know. His poetry is beautiful, high quality. I am sure they would love to take his poetry. But you've got to, as a publisher, know a thing or two about your poets. And he offered next to nothing. You know, you need to know, do you have some followers out there? Where do you live? What sort of profession do you have? The publisher wants to know some biographical information on a personal level and on a professional level. If you don't produce that, they might put you out of the pool. And if you can't see this as your best shot out of the gate, you might not go for a second chance. Now, I knew John for 22 years. And that is the only time I can remember he and I ever sitting down with all these poems and sending them out in bulk. At that point in time, I think I had known him about about eight years or so at that point in time. And I asked him, you know, have you ever done this before? Send out poems in bulk like this. And he said, no, it took all this time to get the guts. And to me, that ended up being a sad story because later it ended up being the one and only time he did it. The good news, he continued to go out and share his work, 
read his work, show up at events at Barnes and Noble or University of Washington or even a person's wedding and read his beautiful work. He went on to teach poetry classes. But there was something sad in my heart that he knew a lot about the drafting process and he wasn't able to apply it when it came to submitting his work to publications. For that reason and many others, my friends, I don't want you left out. I want you to start to see how does your personality match up with ways that you might decide to set something aside, but you might also decide to pick it up again and give yourself a second chance. When we come back, we're going to talk a good bit about your personality and the ways in which you might engage in your projects again. So stay tuned. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do, and you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y. CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Giving local voices a chance to shine. Alternative Talk 1150. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. I'm your host, Coach Debbie, and I am so glad you are here with me. So we can talk about that next chapter of life that you are creating for yourself, or possibly that next chapter of your book or your podcast or your speech. I find that when we are doing a really good job being creative in life, then we can invest our energy and be very creative with our message. And I tend to help people with the messages that go into books and podcasts and speeches and blogs. I'm offering a membership, actually, that I think you would really enjoy. It's going to be opening up at the end of January, but I have a special. Mm-hmm. It's for my Story You participants. I have a special here. The membership is for six to 12 months. You get to decide. And what we're really doing is going through six to 12 lessons about journey. And what I've noticed about Joseph Campbell's hero's journey 
and how I like to work with what I call the heroine's journey, I like to show people that there's always what we're doing in life and there's always what's going on in our head. They're simultaneous. And if we can really work with both sides, the heroic side that's trying to show up in life, but then the more heroine side that is is really trying to make sense of all the information, the very reflective side. If we can bring the two together, what we find is that we're far more organized and connected with soul purpose. We find that we are more energized around the story we want to share. We find that our sanctuary where we go to create welcomes us and beckons us even more because we've taken the time to really study a bit about the natural unfolding of our journey. So I'm going to offer this membership on several levels, but the very first level is it's really easy. You become a member and by membership, you have access to live classes. And if you care to a Facebook group where there will be some, some files for you to download, but I am offering this right now uh, for, I think, uh, a really wonderful price, which is $37 a month. You pay for your six-month or your 12-month membership up front. It comes out to $37 a month, and you are in. But here's the fun part. Out of all the people that sign up, the first 25 people that sign up, and we probably won't have this open for very long, but the first 25 people that sign up will be welcomed to a pre-New Year class where I'm going to do some in-depth group coaching that's going to really help you kick off your new year. So no extra price for that at all. It just comes with your six-month or your one-year membership. And itemizing that down, that comes out to $37 a month. So where do you go to sign up for this? You're going to sign up directly with me. So you can go to my website, which is coachdebbie.com. Debbie is spelled D-E-B-B-Y, coachdebbie.com. And when you're there, just click on connect and say, I want to be in the membership and I'm going to send you what you need to sign up. It's really, really basic and straight away. You don't have to be smart in tech. You don't have to have all kinds of experience with computer. It's going to be very easy and and basic. And if you need any help, we have help standing by for you. So that will be the membership. And that's the real baseline membership. From there, it will move its way up for the person that knows they have a particular project they want to work on. $37 
You can move up to the next level. If you want private coaching, we have a level for that. If you want private coaching and invitations to the online workshops, there will be that. And if you want to move up to the luxury level, there will be in-person retreats that will be included with that membership price. So all of this available in the new year, but we're taking signups right now. I want to know you as best as I can before we get rolling into the new year. So just remember, you can start at that introductory level, and that comes out to about $37 a month. And to sign up, that's coachdebbie.com. It's D-E-B-B-Y.com. And just click on connect. Let me know you would like in. And we will take care of you from there. You don't even have to pay at that point. You're just letting me know that you want in. And this is for current clients, previous clients, people that are brand new to me, people that have been listening to this show for some time. It's, It's for anyone that says, this journey sounds good to me. And today... We're talking about these second chances, and this is just some of the work we're going to look at if you are a member of that program. So let's take a look here. There's particular personality types that go along with particular habits. And what we want to do when we're honoring a second chance to ourselves. We want to start to look at how our personality lines up with particular habits. So let's say, let's say you're more of the bohemian type. You're very artistic. Just see if this sounds like you. You're the one that sometimes gets a little lost in the weeds where there's deadlines You feel very individualized and very unique, and you you don't always know if that's to your advantage. You're worried sometimes that it's to your detriment. You are someone who, honestly, you love beauty, whether it's auditory beauty like music, whether it's nature, you, you're constantly caught up in beauty. And you might even have a little bit of what we call the ADHD syndrome, where beauty can just call you away, call you into a whole nother world. You're, you have this ability to really dream and hold images strongly in your mind. So just think about that. Does that in any way line up with your personality or perhaps someone you know? If it does, then there are very good reasons why you might need to give yourself a second chance sometimes. For one, you might have great aspirations when it comes to taking on a project. Say you want to write a book. 
but you also are the sort of person inclined to kind of feel a little lonely at times or to feel like you're misunderstood or to feel like criticism just goes a little too deep. Sometimes you feel a little dramatic. Uh, Sometimes you even, you're pretty tough on yourself and you have a hard time forgiving yourself. Now, these characteristics are what we might associate if you are uh, with the Myers-Briggs. It would definitely be more of an introverted association than the extroverted association. It would often be the one that is really into the feeling aspects as opposed to, oh, I think opposite of that is what they call judging. Ooh, I'm not as I'm not as skilled in knowing all the polar opposites in the Myers-Briggs. So maybe I should stay out of that. But definitely like if you jumped over into let's say the Enneagram, uh, that would be your individual type four, the bohemian, the unique one. Now, part of the reason this type really needs to give themselves a second chance is that they, they really have this deep and unique quality of making an offering to, to the public. They have a keen way of seeing the world. They are keenly articulate. They express themselves so well in their paintings and their music and their novels. But because they're really down on themselves, they just think, if I went at it and it didn't go well, it should be over. What I want to say to this type is you might be the one who over-identifies with your inner experience. In other words, you, you have this fear that your significance isn't being expressed. And what I can say about that is it takes practice to really feel confident in your significance. The bohemian type will finally, finally take the chance to get out there and do something. And the smallest, the smallest critique can send them over the edge. The the smallest thought that they were misunderstood can have them throwing all of their manuscripts right into the the shredder. What you want to be doing is realizing that you care deeply, that you are unique in the way you see the world. But more than anything, what I want you to understand is that the world needs your perspective. They need to hear what you're creating. You are part of the magic of creativity. And if you end up keeping it all to yourself, we won't 
benefit from you. I have worked with this type over and over again. And what I can tell you is that there's a, there's a desire from this type to just run and take cover or to be distracted and do something else. And there's nothing wrong with that for a little bit of time, just a little bit of time. But what I really, really want to encourage you to do is to realize that all that's going on in your mind, that critique, it started probably with some sort of misunderstanding or some sort of silly bully that didn't have any right to talk to you, something that was never ever meant to be of the magnitude that it is in your mind. Because in reality, those of us standing by, we know your gifts and talents. And we applaud you every time you're out there doing them. And we want more from you. You're a type. You're an individual. You're very unique. You have a lot of talent. But our request is that you don't keep it all to yourself, that you come out and you share it with us. That's just one type, one type of person that might have a hard time giving themselves a second chance. Let's just roll on into another type. This type we can often associate with being very... um, caretaking and enabling and very helpful, very much so. In fact, this type, if you've ever met uh, someone that is, say, a nurse, this type will always be looking at your vitals before they're checking their own. They're always concerned with their family or their job. They're the type that are really able to express their feelings very well, and yet they feel really shut down uh, in terms of their feelings because everyone else in their mind is very, very important. They might even have a hard time taking credit or even being given credit because it just bothers them to be overly noticed in that way. They might have a hard time responding because they want to make sure that they get it done rightly and well. They're always giving deep care. The sad thing about them is that they usually, the inside story that they're playing is that they're so underappreciated. And if they could just give more love or give more time or give more something, the appreciation that they long for would come their way and they would feel more a part of the circle of life. But they struggle with this. And so therefore they struggle to give themselves a second chance when the second chance is right here for them. They don't really think they should get one because after all, 
their excuse is going to be, and they won't think of it as an excuse, but really it is kind of one. Their excuse is going to be, well, I was off busy taking care of my patients or my clients or my kids or my neighbors. And so I missed my chance and therefore it's gone. And it's just not true. Their chance is not gone. But what this type is going to need to see is that they are deeply valued. They are deeply helpful. They are deeply cared for. But because they're often doing the caring, they are, they are often not hearing or even being acknowledged at the level that they want to hear that their efforts matter. Their efforts matter tremendously. I have worked with many nurses and counselors. I've worked with coaches and trainers. And often they will tell me, you know, I don't really do it for the money. But gosh, it'd be so nice at the end of the day to be appreciated. And what I can say is that this type This type that is the caretaker, they are the ones that need to take a step back, take a step back from offering so much, offer a little bit more to yourself. And in feeling that appreciation toward yourself, you're going to be far more open to hear it and notice it and taste it and enjoy it from others. And that will be what starts to balance you out. That's what's going to be what drives you back to your manuscript or even just carving out the next chapter of your creative life. How might you step away from 20 hours a day giving to everyone else and maybe balance it a little more with giving some time to yourself? Because your manuscript is waiting and it wants you, it needs you, and so does the world. These are just two types, two types of individuals. I'm trying to really paint the personality for you so you can see that you might in some way relate to this and start to understand how you can give yourself a second chance and get into that creative momentum again. I've got more for you. Please stay tuned. We just need to take our final break here, but we're going to come right back. You know Coach Debbie from Story You Talk Radio, but do you know about her annual membership? Well, now you do. And you're invited. Become the author of your dreams and upscale your career. Transform your home or grow your income. Create any future you desire. You'll learn the skills that allowed Coach Debbie to author her own life and transform her most difficult challenges as a writer, teacher, and especially as a person with low vision. The membership doors are open. Just sign up for the newsletter and qualify for the early bird special. Simply go to CoachDebbie.com. That's Coach D-E-B-B-Y, CoachDebbie.com. As a subscriber, 
you could win a premium coaching session and begin the new year with confidence. Welcome back to Story You Talk Radio. Thank you so much for joining me today. We're really getting into some of these personality types today that if you understand how the personality applies to you, you'll understand how you can start giving yourself a second chance. Now, what motivated me to do a show on this topic was that some time ago, I want to say it was two, I don't remember, 2014-15, I studied with Robert Holden, the Enneagram. And what I started to notice was that in this sphere of nine personality major types, nine major types, there was this particular group of people that I often worked with over and over again. And I started to notice how certain themes would go with certain personalities. And I think that was Robert Holden's intention was to help us all in our careers know how can we support the people that we work with by understanding their personalities and where they're going to have these sort of sideline periods and when we're going to need to understand their their inner psychology so we can get them back in the game. For me, getting someone back in the game means they've put their manuscript to the side and now it's time to pick it up again. Or they've put their speech on hold and now it's time to talk about what sort of stage they're going to get on and where they need to show up. Maybe it means that they had all these plans for the next year of their life and they got scared. But if I can really look at how they're showing up in their personality and the things they're telling me that's going on on their inner day-to-day experience, it helps me point them in the right direction. Also helps me write out really personalized Uh, steps for them to take, organization for them to work with, habits for them to adopt, and to have me be their accountability coach and their leader through their whole spiritual journey if they so want to work with me one-on-one. This is something I offer all year round, one-on-one packages Uh, as small as three-day packages and as big as one year. If that interests you, please reach out to me at coachdebbie.com, that's D-E-B-B-Y, and just click connect, or you can write to me directly. And my email address is debbie, that's D-E-B-B-Y, at coachdebbie.com. And I will respond to you somewhere between half an hour and 48 hours. And I'm the only person who responds. We first looked at the personality of the bohemian individual, very unique, very musical, very artistic type. 
We then looked at the type that's more in the caregiver, uh, very loving, very nurturing, somewhat enabling category, uh, something I identified with very deeply and had to work with because for many years, I was doing 60 to 80 hours at my job and it was burning me out at both ends. So you can't have that. You just can't. You have to find a way to love and to offer your work and still have yourself balanced and available. Let's look at another personality type. These are these are really interesting. I call these the hyperactives. They're the ones that they're social, they're extroverted, they're at all the events, they're excited to see you. They're they're just mm, their whole aim is to indulge their high energy and to just spread the love everywhere they go. You don't typically see them down or sitting until, you know, everybody else is having a good time and they're the ones in the back room taking a nap because all is up and going. Uh, I have a relative who's very good at this. She throws amazing parties. The whole town comes. They fill her house. She cooks everything. She cleans everything. She gets everything in order. And somewhere around the middle of the party, we're like, where is she? Have you seen her? Where is she? And upstairs in a corner bedroom, she's sacked out taking a nap. Why? (laughs) Because of the imbalance. She wants to spread this energy so far and wide that in the middle of it all, she collapses. There's none left for her. And so often toward the end of a party, I'll see her all sleepy eyed and over in the corner. And and I just think, I know you wanted to be here more. Um, Some of her projects are that way, too. She jumps in with both feet, jumps in, has a clear vision of exactly what it should be. But in the in the connection with so many people and so much event, um, she's done at the midpoint. If you identify with this type, if you're someone who just has such desire for fun, this is my advice to you. Try to understand that the world wants all that you have. And if you could lock yourself just a little bit more in the grounding of this day and this project and this particular bit that needs to be handled, you won't run out of steam in the middle. You won't leave it up to all your friends to mingle without you as hostess. The the hard part for this person is that they're so excited for it all to happen that they rush the happening and they over and over again can't make it to the finish line. 
but you deserve a second chance, just like all the others. My advice is work with someone that helps you stay grounded in what's happening right now. Maybe Monday is catering day. Maybe Tuesday is book signing day. Maybe Wednesday is calling the agent and the photographer day. But you want to just stay with the day's tasks so that you're not all done when your guests are arriving. Okay? So that's the person that is just high, high energy. A little bit different than the person that we started off with that's so bohemian and more introverted. But in some ways, there's there's a little bit of overlap in how they run out of energy. Um, always, again, just a tad bit of overlap with the enabler that gives so much and then has very little energy left for the self. Um, that's, um, that's something I find when I work with writers is that they tend to be very, very giving. I actually think all personality types have a giver uh, tied in with them. Everybody has their own personal way that they give. Let's talk about this type. I find this type very interesting. They they tend to have a political bent. They're, they're sometimes referred to as being a perfectionist. They have a really strong purpose. And one of the things that makes it hard for me as their coach, as I'm getting to know them, is they they really... They really want to educate and bring awareness to the masses, but they want to do it because they're quite certain that their bent is the right one and that there's actually no reason to consider others. They, they get a little out there in their thinking. They want things to be perfect. They want things to be very organized and clean. They, in the end, what they're sort of hiding is that they're really, really hoping that they too are good enough and that nobody would ever think to go to the competition, that they would only follow this one. This person... This person will put down their manuscript because they're a little worried that they don't have enough followers, that they have too many competitors, that their need to get this right isn't coming together. They're not only the ones that will put things aside, but they'll, they might even just walk right out. They're a little emotional, <laughs> not unlike the other types, you know, but they do it in their own way, usually kind of angry. My best advice for this person that just has such a strong agenda is to really see that their efforts 
are really loved. Their effort to stand and be that activist is really loved by their people. And there's no reason to be someone that has to convert. You have an audience. And if 20,000 people isn't enough for you, try again. Try again, because it probably is. And if people that can't keep their eyes off of what someone else is doing that might be similar to you, try again. Because people that follow you, follow your activity, are enlightened by you, and they want to be with you. They want your influence. And if your followers are doing other things some of the time, that's okay. That does not need to take you out of the game. Let's see, do we have time for one more type? I really want to bring home who you might be in the mix of all of this. Let's go for, let's go for the researcher. Mm, Okay, this person This person, again, has a really good agenda in that they're they're so open-minded that they're able to look into really mysterious stuff and be articulate about it and study it until they have so much understanding. Their gift to the world is going to be breaking it down for the rest of us. But the thing that blocks them from ever getting published is they never feel ready. They just can't stop studying. They can't stop improving themselves. The I'm not enough factor comes up so strongly. So some of them become what we call the procrastinator. And honestly, all the personality types know how to procrastinate, but this one does it in their own special way. They just don't think they're quite ready yet. And they're on the verge of, you know, discovering the rocket ship that goes to Pluto or something like that. They're on the verge, but they won't say a thing because it's not quite there. My advice to this type is to relax is to realize that at any stage of the game, you are entirely ready to express yourself. At whatever level you're at, you are ready and we are ready and we desire knowing you. Those are just a few types that might align with your personality. What I wanna say here is that we are all worthy of second chances. Don't leave yourself out of it. The world wants to know your magic. Come back next Thursday. We'll have more topics for you. Until then, namaste.